Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast AM. I am Lisa Gar, and my guest tonight is talking about your dreams. Do you dream? Do you remember your dream? Everyone does dream, but whether or not we remember it, sometimes we are creating so much overnight where we're unpacking our day and these different images come up in our in our psyche and we forget them based on the distractions of the morning. Very common. However, there's a wonderful way to remember your dreams because they could be telling you something that you're trying to figure out in the middle of the night or that you're have that you have feelings and events that you haven't necessarily processed. So Lainey Dalfin is my guest. She is a dream analyst and she uses her 45 years of dream work and her wonderful studies with and insights that she has learned from Freud and Adler and Jung and Pearls to run the Dream Interpretation Center in Montreal. And there she serves as a lecturer to the city's counseling students and uh, Concordia University. She has written two books that she has. They're a series called Have a Great Dream, book one. (laughs) It's the overview. And Have a Great Dream, book two, a deeper discussion. Welcome, Lainey. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It's good to talk with you. So I was talking a little earlier there about how do you remember your dreams? Is that the biggest question that you get asked? How do you remember I get asked that question a lot, (laughs) yes. Um, Well, the first thing is intention. If you make a decision that you want to remember a dream and leave paper and pen beside the bed, chances are excellent that you'll probably catch a dream within a few days. And don't feel like you need to have a whole story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, because one of the things about dreams is that we repeat ourselves, and it's a conversation that you're having with yourself, so the unconscious will repeat using different scenarios and pictures. So a one-picture dream, it's, you know, that expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. It really is. So don't don't be upset if you've only caught one picture, because I promise you, it could still tell you a lot. And if intention doesn't work, here's another great exercise that I love, is just to sit in a chair and take off your watch and look at it very carefully, the hands, the second hand, the background, the, the numbers, and then close your eyes and try and imagine the watch in your mind eye and then open your eyes and so this um, act of opening and closing your eyes opening and closing and you can even do it by looking around a room and taking note of all the pictures and the furniture and then close your eyes and walk around the room in your mind's eye, because that's the facility that you need to remember a dream. And once you start doing exercises like that, Mm. you'll be surprised how it wakes up that part of your brain to be able to uh, improve your dream recall. Just like anything else, the more you practice it, the more that you will recall or utilize it. But how come some of those images, Lenny, are so bright and some of them are not? So some of them stand out, even scary-like dreams that stand out. And so because we are self-regulating organisms, Mm -hmm. the dream is going to pick up on whatever it is that you're avoiding in your waking life. And let me promise you, Mm -hmm. we human beings 
Love sweeping and avoiding. Yes. Very easy to do. It's called welcome to the human race. This is what we like to do. Mm -hmm. But your unconscious never lies to you. So whatever it is that's going on in your life that you are not responding to, or I like to say underreacting to, the dream is going to overreact. And two things happen. One is a balance is created. Mm -hmm. So there's a physiological reason for a dream that's you know, that's a nightmare or a recurring dream or something that really sticks with you. It's sticking with you because you are not sticking to something in your waking life. And so there's a balance created. And not only is a balance created by a nightmare or some kind of image that's so frightening, but it also um, is your healthy unconscious having succeeded in grabbing your attention because that's what the unconscious wants to do. It's trying to encourage you to speak up or look at whatever situation is bothering you this week. Mm-hmm. Needs to be looked at. Now, what do you think about nightmares, Lainey, when you have people that talk to you about significantly scary, scary dreams? Right. And that's the thing about this self-regulating. So if a person is saying to me that they're so frightened in the nightmare, I'm not going to be asking them questions about what's making them feel very afraid in their life. I'm going to ask them to look for something this week that's making you feel a little bit anxious. Because if you're feeling a little anxious about something and you are not acknowledging that anxiety, you better believe the nightmare is going to be there for you. And so once you have a very scary image, that's what I'm looking for. And I should interrupt myself here just to tell people that at the first level, because I know that you and I will go deep tonight. Yes. But before we go deep, I'm a first things first kind of girl. Okay. And so at the first level, the dream is triggered by a very specific current issue in your life this week that you are attempting to problem solve. And so that's what we're looking for first. And the way that I help the dreamer tell me, because I don't tell you what your dream is about. Mm. It's not a psychic thing. It's a psychological thing. Not dream symbols. It's it's definitely different from that. Yes, exactly. And so I'll ask the dreamer questions, and you end up telling me what the dream is about. Hmm. And so those questions that I that I ask, I call them points of entry, because they're a way to enter the dream. And there's six basic points of entry that anybody can use to uncover, to help you uncover what is going, what, you know, it's something that you either thought about yesterday or something that happened to you yesterday. Oh. You can use these six basic um, points of entry to uncover what situation triggered tonight's dream. So give us an example. You go into these when you're trying to analyze the dream or you... Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So and I... they're for everybody. They're for everybody listening. So grab a pen. Okay. Gotcha. Um, One is the feelings. How did you feel in the dream? And then it's kind of like a dance. You go inside the dream. How did how did you feel in the dream? So here's a guy who dreamt that his wife was cheating. 
And when I asked him, how did you feel in the dream? His response was, I felt really betrayed. Mm -hmm. And now in the dance, I'm going to come outside the dream. And I asked him, what do you think is going on in your life these days that is making you feel betrayed? And it's not necessarily connected to the wife, by the way, because we use so many different images to say something to ourselves, and your unconscious is not literal, it's metaphoric, and that's the language that I, I teach the language of metaphor, and so I encourage you not to be literal, and so for him, the betrayal that he was feeling was connected to a client that he had for 20 years, the exact same amount of years that he was married to his wife. So that's how his unconscious linked (laughs) the two together. And that client took his business somewhere else. Mm, That's harsh. It was about the client. And because he wasn't really discussing it with the client and never even picked up the phone to talk about this, The unconscious, this is what you were asking me before about the images that we get. So the unconscious doesn't pick something small. It picks his wife cheating on him Uh, because that's going to encourage him to speak up. To have an emotion about it as well, to pay attention to it because it's something that he was burying. Yes. Yes. And another another point of entry is the action, mm-hmm. and those are when you hear somebody say that they were running but they couldn't move, or mm-hmm. they all of a sudden can't hear, or they they're trying to speak and no sound is coming out. Those are those are examples of an action, and and so um, and a, a great dream that I love about the action is this one picture dream of a woman who's the whole dream is her jumping out of a chair that's in flames, in flames. Like that's the whole dream. That's it. (laughs) The reason that she had it, that was what I call a rehearsal dream because that woman was procrastinating badly. And so the dream gives her the fire in her chair, literally gives her the rehearsal to get up Get moving. Mm. And, and that's what the dream wants to do. It gives you an action dream like that, uh. encouraging you to to take action. Okay. So that's the second one. What about the third point of entry? The third is my favorite, and that's puns and play on words. Uh-huh. And you do love them. We use puns. Um, it, it, you know, <laughs> we use them in our dreams constantly. So um, I'm going to give you myself as an example. Okay. And later on in the discussion, when we go deeper, I'm going to come back to this dream. But just for the purpose of explaining a pun, I had um, a series of dreams I call my kneeling dreams. And, uh, you know, uh, one night I had a dream that I was kneeling in the office of a guy who's name is Neil. <laughs> okay. So we do we do stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Or the woman who said there were snakes all over the floor. I couldn't put my foot down. And I said, "Why? Who are you having trouble putting your foot down mm-hmm. with?" Mm-hmm. And it was her husband. So or the person, the guy who said that he was looking for a bathroom in the dream and he finally found one and got inside the stall and then he couldn't get out of the stall. So when a dreamer is talking, 
I'm writing like a maniac. Ah, you're listening. I don't want to get my language. I want to get the dreamer's language. Because when you hear somebody say, I was in the stall and I couldn't get out, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask that person, what's going on in your life that you're stalling that you're about? stalling. Now, what about symbols in a dream? Is that one of the points of entry? It is. Good okay. girl. Okay. Yes. And so... Because uh, I want to ask you about one. Because <laughs> symbols... We are so unique, and your unconscious is this incredible database or filing cabinet. I'm, I'm 67, so I call it a filing cabinet, uh, and it's holding every single memory and association that you've ever had since you're born. So when you want to say something to yourself, the filing cabinet or database opens up, and, the, and you choose a memory or a person or an association that is going to fit perfectly because the unconscious is so sophisticated and so precise that even after 47 years, it still blows me away the same today. And that's why you can't look it up in one of those dream dictionaries. Right. Those are the re- that's the reason why I wrote the books, because I want to teach you the questions to ask yourself to find out why you dreamt about a cat or why you dreamt about mm. this person. So it's not a universal thing, in your opinion. So this dream that I had the other night was of a giant, um, very unusual-looking snake that was laying on the right side of my back. And I was laying face down, and the snake was probably like four inches high and it was laying on the right side of my back and it went all the way down to my tailbone and I have a a muscle that is in so much pain on the right side of my back and it's constantly in pain and it's running down the right side of my back to my right hip and it never seems to get better no matter how much I try to like massage it work it out because I keep working out on it but is it could it be just that simple that it's just this really annoying muscle that's constantly twinging in my back? Or could that be a symbol of, as you said, a snake is a symbol of XYZ? Or is it really what it means to me? Well, why don't you tell me what does a snake mean to you? You know, I'm just going to go after your... And I didn't know what a snake was. How would you describe if I had no idea what a snake is? It could be poisonous. It could be bite you. It could be deadly. It could be scary. That's what I would think of. I also know that snakes, that's what I would think if I were to just look at the symbol of a snake. But I also know that they're the serpentine and the healing of, um, Uh you know, for uh, the medical, (laughs) I can't think of the name of it. Exactly. um, Exactly. And so if that was my dream, because I'm going to teach you tonight about Montague Ullman. um, And so just to respect that that dream belongs to you, I can only project what that would mean if I had a dream like that. Under what circumstances would I have a dream like that? And because my associations, as you say, are the serpentine and the helpfulness of it, I wonder if that was my dream, if I wouldn't be encouraging myself to investigate further about getting some help. Hmm. So that's the the caduceus of the the snake is the symbol of 
of, of the help. The healing and help, yeah. Exactly, That's which is how you are associating it. And that would be me encouraging mm. myself to ask for help. Well, there's also so much about a snake. It sheds its skin, so it creates newly, and we're heading into the new year. A I shedding of an old year, a beginning. Yay. Oh, isn't that exciting? A new yes, year is happening. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... so that's very optimistic, by the way, all of the stuff that you just talked about, about the shedding and the newness. And, you know, so maybe there's some of that shedding happening as well. You yes. Know, that work towards um, feeling better. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. And, and really paying attention to it and getting some help um, in the new year. Definitely. <laughs> so that's just an example of, okay, so symbols. So we've gone through feelings, actions, puns and plays, symbols. These are these are the six points to start to begin to look at your dream from. What are the right, other two? Because once you've got those six points of entry, by the way, and we, we you know, and I, and I welcome the audience during the phone calls to do that same kind of thing as that practice about what would this be if it was your dream? Like under what circumstances in your life mm-hmm. would trigger a dream such, such as that? Like the plot is another point of entry. And here's an example okay. of the plot of a woman who's pulling one tooth um, and then all of a sudden... All her, all the teeth fall out. So this is a story because you're looking like we used to do in English class when the teacher would have you read a story and talk about what's the story behind the story. And when looking right. at that plot, that was of someone who's trying to help make things easier for someone to help somebody just pull out one tooth. Of it, she's dreaming that she's trying to help a child pull a tooth out of her mouth. And in the process, all the teeth fall out. So she's trying to do something small, and it, uh, you know, it, it ends up, she ends up feeling really badly. Yes. And that dream was a reflection of the dreamer's mother was sick. And the mother's friends kept calling to find out information. She really didn't want to talk about it because it was so intense. Mm. Her mother was so sick. So what she tried to do was give just a little bit of information. And so she was hoping to just give like one tooth. (laughs) Yeah, and it got worse. Her mouth, like a little bit of information out of her own mouth. And it it was not working because as soon as she would give a little bit of information to one of the friends, it would spur a discussion. And now she'd be standing there telling everything, which is exactly what she really didn't want to be doing. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.